This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, why is Love Island so popular? Well, it's that time of the year when Love Island is returning to our small screens and love it or hate it, the ITV dating show is a global hit, which means another summer of this. If Laura wasn't here, maybe I would crack on with Ellie. I'm very respectful and very loyal. I've got a text! Straight out there. <laughs> Did you do bits? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm Denise Callanan, and it's all good vibes and zero mugging off here because I'm joined by audience editor at independent.ie and film and TV critic Deirdre Malumbi. Okay, Deirdre, I can't tell a lie. I'm a Love Island super fan. But what do you think works about the show? Like, is it simply a guilty pleasure or or is it harmless escapism? What's the secret formula, do you think? Certainly, it's a guilty pleasure for me personally anyway. Um, I do readily admit that it is trashy TV, but it's also got all of those, you know, perfect formulae brought all together to make the perfect trashy TV show. Uh, First of all, it is called Love Island. And the whole idea is you've got a bunch of beautiful people who let's admit, are very nice to look at, uh, looking for love. And I think that there is a bit of a romantic in all of us, you know, like finding love is the conclusion to so many, you know, movies and TV shows. We do love to believe that, you know, people will end up together. Um, I think that another thing that people love about Love Island is the drama to it all, uh, both within, you know, uh, the couples, but also within those like friendships and everything. And then the personalities. And sometimes on Love Island, it just takes one kind of stellar personality. Um, Someone like Maura Higgins, who's just just an absolute like breath of fresh air and is just like so funny, so charismatic um, to make for great telly watching. My God, they look so <laughs> fit. They look better in the laugh. <gasps> My God, like I, I am having fanny flutters. I'm I, not even joking. And it's hitting its eighth season. So clearly there's something working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, this is a formula. Uh, Love Island has become such a big franchise now. You know, it has Australian versions, US versions. Um, it's launched in several uh, countries all over Europe at this point. Um, so, yeah, there is something about this formula that has kind of worked um, over and over again. So I wasn't tuned in for the first couple of seasons, but I started watching it in season three with Amber and Kim. Mm-hmm. And I had a very tenuous link to the show because my best friend's work mate in Liverpool was Amber's mum so it was like I was getting like little snippets of gossip here and there and it was keeping (laughs) me going but have you been watching it Dee and when did you start tuning in? I started watching it actually the Danny Dyer and Jack 
Fincham, I think is the surname. Um, I started watching it that year and I think that that was the year that it really like exploded. I felt that you couldn't like, you know, turn anywhere on the dart or, you know, bus or whatever without somebody talking about the latest of Danny and Jack. And I just absolutely had to know who is this couple that everyone is obsessing about. Meanwhile, Jack's got two questions for Danny. One, are you looking for a deal on a box of A3 sidebound cardboard covered notepads? And two, how did you get into acting? I've always wanted to do acting. My dad's obviously like he's an actor mm. as well. So having that in my family, like when you're on set, it was weird for me being brought up with it. Mm. I'd be like, oh, I like this. What's your dad been in? My dad. Oh, let's just get it out of the way, right? My dad's Danny's IR. No, he's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. And I think that that is a huge part of the appeal of Love Island. You know, we're currently living in this uh, streaming world where all the episodes, you know, drop on a Friday night and everybody's kind of gradually, you know, catching up with them over the week or a couple of weeks or whatever. There are very few TV shows still that you would tune in, um, let alone week by week. But in the case of Love Island, it's actually day by day. And it's great to have, you know, something that you can all kind of watch together and keep up on the latest and keep that kind of water cooler conversation. Yeah, that's a really good point actually because there aren't many shows like that left what do you think that's doing for the younger audience because it must be quite different for them to be tuning in on a nightly basis as opposed to absolutely binge watching 10 hours of Love Island yeah I mean I think that it's interesting because it's something that appeals across like uh, generations because I think well I can only speak for uh, you know us but I'm sure that with us like growing up we're kind of used to the terrestrial TV the kind of tuning in every week so it's kind of nice that now with the younger viewers we have something that we can bond over because now they also know what that um, experience is like and everything but you know obviously like Love Island can have like a few like negative um, implications for that uh, younger audience as well because I mean they're looking at you know they might kind of relate to the contestants as sort of role models but there isn't a whole lot of um, diversity there and they are kind of these very you know usually quite slender quite athletic um, beautiful people um, and sometimes the personalities can be a bit hit yeah, and miss Yeah the chat the chat as, <laughs> as they say it's not exactly you know um, intellectual is it? Yeah. Like we're not tuning in for the quality current affair analysis No you think about Brexit what, what's that? Like, I well, we're leaving the European Union. I don't. I, I seriously don't have. So, a like, if you so it's to, it was to leave the EU, so we wouldn't uh, be part of Europe, EU, which yeah, would yeah, mean like welfare and like things we trade with would be cut down. So does that mean we won't have any trees? Cheese? Uh, trees? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's got nothing to do with it, babe. That's <laughs> weather. Why we have trees? It does seem quite shallow at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm sure that, you know, in fairness to the contestants, you know, they're there like 24-7. I'm sure that they are having quite, you know, interesting, stimulating conversations. But this is a show that's very heavily You'd edited. <laughs> This is a show that's um, very uh, heavily edited and we're really only seeing the parts of can we have a chat, i.e. like how are they forming um, these romantic bonds. Its popularity is starting to plateau a little bit. Deirdre, can you tell us about the viewership in recent years? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's become more and more transparent um, to the viewer that 
the the kind of function of Love Island when people go on it. It isn't really so much to find love anymore. It is to find fame and celebrity. And I think that's very obvious now to the viewer um, when they're watching it. I mean, it's even like clear from, you know, a year like I think it was it was the year of Danny Dyer and Jack. At some point, all of those couples had split up. So clearly, like love wasn't on um, the agenda anymore. And it is just becoming very formulaic. It's becoming very predictable. The nature of the editing and the way that these producers very much make um, kind of heroes and villains. It's just become so transparent, I think, to the average viewer that they are just tuning out, that it doesn't appeal to them anymore. Yeah, I I always wonder about what happens behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. We never really see them sitting down for mealtimes or anything like that, do we, Deirdre? Do they just actually eat eggs and toast for eight or ten weeks. (laughs) No, apparently they have this um, cook who basically like cooks them absolutely anything they want. And it's a shame that we don't see um, those kind of interactions and stuff. And another thing I know that's uh, required of them is that they have to, um, you know, spend a certain amount of time in the gym per day so that they kind of, you know, maintain their physique. I think the only times we get a hint of that is sometimes you get like kind of a shot or two in those little montages of them like, you know, flexing or whatever, again, to the enjoyment of the uh, viewer. But certainly there's a lot of things uh, going on behind the scenes. And like you said, we're missing out on those, you know, maybe political conversations or something a bit deeper as well. But that's that's not really what the show is about. Sure. You mentioned Danny Dyer um, being a former contestant and we all know Danny Dyer was the Danny Dyer's daughter. We have another half famous contestant this year, Deirdre. Yeah, that's right. So Michael Owen's daughter, uh, Gemma, who's 19 years old, and her dad has actually described this as being every father's worst nightmare, which you can easily imagine. Um, Another contestant is... Uh, Damie, who is a microbiologist uh, from Dublin. And look, we all know that the Irish contestants are always the best on the series. So I'm very much looking forward. The Irish are always the best, Deirdre, aren't they? Tell us about Maura Higgins. I mean, she just slammed onto the TV screens and changed everyone's lives, I think, didn't she? Yeah, and she wasn't even one of the original ones. She was one of the bombshells. And I think that she came onto uh, the show actually with another contestant. And she was immediately, as we know, some of her quotes, I will not mention them here on the podcast. Fanny Fletcher's, I say. Exactly. <laughs> no, just absolutely hilarious. Um, and she's gone on to have like such a career since, um, you know, in relation to modelling. She's competed on Dancing on Ice. She was a presenter on This Morning and she has hosted the Irish version of Glow Up. So she's gone to have uh, such a phenomenal career. Greg O'Shea as well. Uh, Yuwande, uh, Matthew McNabb, who was just from last year. Um, yeah, like I said, I just think the Irish contestants, they are the best. They bring the personality and they bring the drama. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously we want to watch the Irish contestants because we can relate to where they're from. And But actually, Maura Higgins just had a personality, Deirdre, and I think that matters, doesn't it? Like, people want to watch good television and she had so many big moments on the show. I feel like that was miscommunication. I don't know what... What do you mean miscommunication? You said what you said. No, they asked yes, me. Yes, you did. They you asked... Went out. You said it. And now what? You're saying you didn't? I repeated what they asked me. I said it'd be interesting to see if she's all mouthful. Yeah, you said it, Tom! That's not... That's not Yes, it. you said it. Making me feel like a piece of shit. I'm not... I... I'm... What? I'm what? Flabbergast- I, they asked me a question. They asked you a question. Maybe you should have been a gentleman. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And she always like just felt like very authentic, very like true to herself. And even the way that, you know, some of the guys didn't really treat her very well on the show and she stood up to them. I think that that was really kind of inspiring. And like I said, those are the kind of role models we love to see on TV. Yeah, she tore strips off them. Yeah. And it was great for, I think, young women, because we mentioned the younger audience to actually see 
a woman standing up for herself after hearing that kind of chat about her behind her back. Like, I think it really got people talking, didn't it? We even had quite serious broadcasters here in Ireland quoting Fanny Flutters live on <laughs> airwaves. It's like, more Higgins has changed everything. You better tell us a bit more about Maura from Longford, uh, who arrived on the scene describing one of the men as giving her fanny flutter. And then Greg O'Shea, he won in 2019 with Amber Gill. So that's great that we've had an Irish winner. He was quite late into the game, wasn't he, Deirdre? That's right. He really did arrive kind of in the the 11th hour. And Amber, um, I think that Mike was kind of the fella who was like kind of very like hot and cold with her. And I think that all of us were like hoping that she would end up with the sweet, uh, cheeky, charming Irish fella. And that's exactly what happened. He ended up being being very charming. Now, unfortunately, they did like split up shortly after the show. I think that it might have even been by text or something like that. So we didn't really approve of that on Greg's part. Uh, but he's gone on to have like quite a career since um, that cheeky Irish lad. Greg and Amber, Tommy and Molly May. The public have been watching your every move. We've laughed with you. We've cried with you. But most of all, we've fallen in love with you. And now it's time to reveal the winning couple. The winners of Love Island 2019 are Greg and Amber! Deirdre, the show isn't without its controversy. You could say, you know, it could have been a victim of its own success too. And by this, I mean, it's a reality show that is just as famous for its links to tragedy and controversy. Mental health concerns have been at the forefront of this discussion throughout the years. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that, um, you know, the suicide of Caroline Flack and of two former contestants, unfortunately, um, that has kind of been, um, you know, weighing on the series and everything. And I think in fairness to the producers and everything, they have been much better with uh, mental health awareness. I know even uh, for the last the past couple of seasons, the contestants who've been on the show have talked about the fact that they have gotten, you know, extensive psychological support. So this would be uh, not just before the show, but also during it and after. Afterwards, Because, I mean, you have to remember the people that are, you know, going on the show and as much as people like to say, um, oh, they're just doing it for like the fame and fortune and everything. There's a huge amount of abuse that goes on um, online in relation to like uh, these contestants. And you have to remember how heavily edited um, Love Island is. And it does create heroes and it does create um, villains, even though like they're human beings, they're far more um, nuanced than that most annoying couple what the hell that's yeah. really pissed me off how are we that annoying? I don't even do anything that's annoying. Uh, this year, they're going to be given training, um, particularly in relation to how to avoid microaggressions, because um, anyone who tuned in last year will probably remember uh, the Teddy and Faye uh, blowout, which resulted in something like thousands of um, Ofcom complaints. So I think that people... 25,000, really, I think. It's yeah. an incredible number. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, really seeing that kind of, um, you know, aggression, like verbal aggression on TV isn't but really Deirdre, appropriate. But Deirdre, you have to ask, it's great to provide this mm-hmm. help before, during and after the show. But the, the producers have also received serious backlash for what's been termed emotional ma- manipulation of the contestants. Like the Faye and Teddy blowout. Oh. I, actually, I don't want to f***ing speak to you right now because I don't want to scream at you. Because scream at me. I want to speak to you, so speak. But I don't want to speak to you because right now you look like a two-faced p- and I, I want like nothing to do with you. Everything that was shown on me on that f***ing screen, you knew. Everything that was shown of you on that f***ing screen, I knew jack about. Oh, everyone else knew, but me. I mean, yes, 
Faye was inappropriate. It was wrong. But you could also argue that it had almost been orchestrated to the point because she was shown this, you know, photograph of her love interest in the villa speaking to another woman. And it was actually taken out of context. And it wasn't really actually the reality of what was going on with Teddy's um, relationship at the time. So it's great to provide the help. But do you think they're doing enough during the show? Sometimes do the tasks seem a little bit orchestrated to create drama? Oh, absolutely. They're orchestrated to create drama. And I mean, I know that the contestants have spoken uh, previously once they left the villa that the producer was kind of egging them on, being like, don't you want to have a conversation with such and such about such and such an issue that you're having? Um, And yes, certainly some of the challenges, like I remember another one that used to always irk me was, uh, you know, the headlines challenge where they'd have to like complete the headline. But often those headlines would be taken out of context and some of them were actually like weeks old, which I thought was really inappropriate. And then like the contestants would websites that nobody actually reads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just but certainly yeah, um that Teddy and Faye situation was very much manipulated and I think that another kind of uh famous example of that would be uh Danny Dyer, you know, this would have been when um the men and women were split up and she was shown footage of the fact that Jack had just seen that his ex-girlfriend had just arrived um into the villa and then the video cuts very kind of emotionally cruel actually when you watch it. Oh my god. That's bad I've seen for I'll see the before coming here. Oh my god. That's why I sort of what did I tell you? It's gonna be so with an ex What the fuck? This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is what happened if they've been seeing someone before you come in here. Deirdre, you did mention Caroline Flack's name and I think it is important just to take a moment because for Caroline Flack because she really was actually the face of the show um, and the suicide of Caroline Flack really shocked people. It's It's been a shadow the show hasn't been able to shake, hasn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, every year, you know, they kind of do like a short uh, memorial to her and remembrance of her, which I think is really kind of, um, you know, very sweet and touching uh, to remember her in that way. But like you said, because she is so synonymous with Love Island, it is something that they haven't uh, quite been able to uh, shake. It is a shadow. That's how I describe it as as well. So you could say that they sign up for it, but it still must be a massive culture shock to go into the villa with a few thousand Instagram followers and to come out. Maura Higgins has something like 3.5 million Instagram followers now. Fame must hit you overnight. And then to see the commentary on Twitter, it must be a lot, I would say, Deirdre, when you're coming out of the villa. Oh, absolutely. And again, you are going into this villa having no idea of what's being shown on the TV, what viewers are seeing. Um, even when you see those, you know, uh, one-on-one conversations between uh, the contestants, they could be talking for like 10, 15 minutes and you're getting like maybe a 30 second uh, clip just with the most like dramatic statements and stuff like that. Like really, there's no nuance to it uh, whatsoever. So to be honest with you, even though like I know that a lot of people are like, oh, they've been asking for it. They just wanted to be famous. I think that it is quite um, cruel and vicious what happens to the Love Island participants when it comes to the way that they're treated online and really subsequently once they leave the villa. I think that it must be quite a shock to the system. I don't know why they decide to uh, sign up for it. But I do think that another aspect that people don't really consider in relation to the contestants is it becomes very apparent that even though they are these very attractive people, that they also hold these kind of um, deep insecurities. And I think that those also get... Um, quite exploited uh, through the running of the show. 
You mentioned earlier diversity being an issue uh, and a controversy related to Love Island, not only of race, but body types. Do you think we'll see much of a change this year, Deirdre? If the initial contestants are anything to go by, I think not, unfortunately. I mean, I can only remember like maybe one, maybe two like plus size. Um, and even they were like models and absolutely gorgeous. Um, plus size in the right places. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, so I don't really see it um, changing anytime soon. I mean, even in terms of diversity, um, you don't even really have um, that much going on in terms of like, you know, Asian representation or anything like that. There's certainly more that can be happening uh, diversity wise. It is just a shame that we don't get to see kind of normal people. But again, that's what Love Island has always been about. It's about beautiful people marrying each other and having babies and all that. Yeah. So on a serious note, you know how much you mean to me and you know that you're the only girl for me. I was wondering if you wanted to be my girlfriend. And wearing beautiful clothes, yes. but it is quite important to mention that it is fast fashion. Like it has had links with Boohoo and Pretty Little Thing. And, you know, there's been a mention that any female contestant who goes on is just looking for that Boohoo deal. What are they changing up this year to do with that? Yeah, so I found it really interesting. Like we are... Um entering this far more uh, sustainable world and everything. And I think that Love Island are very kind of aware of that. And they're also really determined to uh, change this uh, public image, which as we've gone through has become like quite um, damaged in the last uh, couple of years. So what they're doing this year is they're actually um, partnering up with eBay um, to create these wardrobes, which are going to be uh, recycled clothing and the contestants are going to be expected to uh, share the clothes as well, which just to put a slightly more cynical take probably helps because they're all like the same stick thin <laughs> figures so they will all be able to share the same wardrobe um, but I think that that's I think that's a step in the right direction I mean again we're only talking about the actual uh, clothes that they're wearing um, but it's it's still it's it's still a step in the right direction I suppose Right, Deirdre, I don't know about you, but a big part of the show for me is FOMO, fear of missing out. God forbid I would miss a show and not be able to discuss it with my friends or colleagues. Oh, absolutely. Like it is so much fun to talk about Love Island with your friends and have like your various theories on, you know, what's going to happen next with so-and-so character. And maybe these two would be a good couple, blah, blah, blah. And I think that, you know, as many times as it has been said, like we are living in these bleak times and something like Love Island, it is so escapist and it's so trashy and it is a lot of fun in spite of itself if you can kind of go with the flow of it. Well, I'm sure I'll be grabbing you for a chat again soon about Love Island. My massive thanks, Deirdre Malumbi, for joining us here today. I'm Denise Callanan, and today's episode was researched by Tabitha Monaghan, produced by Siobhan Maguire, recorded by Gav Hennessy, and sound designed by John Smith. Archive clips were from ITV2 and RTE Radio 1's The Sean O'Rourke Show. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review.